podcast about people making the world a better place. you coming uh uh every second with Corinne williams you know how we do you know how we like to splash shout out to the whole team shout out upc for our sponsors um hello who right with the state shout out to the whole mojo rising team i appreciate y'all this is our second season we still ain't here and we doing it for no reason you know what i'm talking about all right now i got guests here with me today but don't think i'm here by myself y'all gonna jump on me I got people that got my back too. They pulled up, they in the back, and they kicking it. They ready, they geared up, and they fresh. I know it might sound a little hard. I know, I know, I know I come off a little hard. And you might be looking at this shirt, and you might be looking at the shirt saying, look, look, why he got on that old loud shirt? What do you think, what, who do you think he is? What do you think he going to the beach? Ain't none of your business. But I'm wearing this shirt because it's a good day. Today is a, a, is a special day. It might not be a day that anybody know of, but today is World Book Day, April 21st, 2022. If you are author, if you know any authors, if you ain't reading, then today is the day that you can do something special. You can go purchase a book, rent a book, go to the library, borrow a book, and you can sit down and read to your child. You can read to yourself if you have no kids, but we empower education we ask for higher education we ask for kids to be able to read at a higher level and this is how we start starting at home we can do it ourselves so again happy happy book world book day april 23rd 2022 now i got my guests in the back let's go on and bring in one of my guests they represent black excellence they represent positivity they represent legendariness motherhood mother nature you know all right all right i see him okay how y'all doing how y'all doing how y'all doing now so i guess i'll go this way and then go back down to how it is uh to y'all but we'll start with uh miss courtney jones thank you ladies uh the queen so much for being here with me today um please i don't want to hold too much time Introduce yourself, Miss Courtney Jones, so the world can know why I'm just so intrigued with having you on this show, and I'm so happy with you being here because of what you do. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, too. My name is Courtney Jones. I'm with Change One. We're a local nonprofit in the Austin area, making sure that we're elevating the voices of youth with lived experience from foster care. 
already already so again you represent black excellence i'm glad that you're here uh also i have somebody that i've already uh built a connection with she's very special she's very supportive um she's very firm and she always she already bringing the better out of me so ah for no uh no take no more time up please i would like you to introduce yourself well, my name is Anitra Hicks, and I'm a spoken word artist, but I also work at Colleen ISD. I'm the parent liaison at Hay Branch Elementary, and, you know, I work with a lot of people, a lot of different people in the community. So, hey. <laughs> All right. We're going to get digging. We're going to dig deep into this. Don't worry about it. I just want to get a little light introduction, a little light, just something light. It's all right. Light up your light. Now, Black excellence, again, like I say, Courtney, you represent black excellence at its T. You have so many things that you're doing. So uh, I always ask my guests this um, because uh, I like to leave uh, nuggets and, and jewels for my people because these, these shows are recorded. We can always come back and we can hear those these things and these conversations. We can be so much empowered all over again. So what is some positive words as a black woman, as a mother, as a person who has survived trauma, what uh, 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 slave postponement, COVID postponement, uh, 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 you know, all these things going on. What are you saying to yourself? Is it a phrase your, your grandparents told you, a philosophy, a book, a Bible verse, whatever it may be? We want to know what are you saying to yourself? What positive words you can give us that keeps you moving and keep you pushing to be a better you? Yes. Um, well, again, thank you so much for giving me this platform to share um, my black excellence with everyone. Um, my biggest thing is I say be the change you want to see in the world. Um, for me, I grew up in the foster care system, and so I became a social worker so that I can help other young women um, and men in the foster care system. And I just didn't see anybody that looked like me. So be the change you want to see in the world. And the community really is my everyday anthem. Anytime I want to give up, anytime that I'm just like, this is too much, I, I always just think about be the change you want to see in the world. All too often, we don't see us. And so when we don't see us, then we're not providing opportunities for people that are coming up after us. And so every time I think about quitting, when I'm in these spaces, I have to realize I can't quit because my voice matters and I have to be at the table. So be the change you want to see in the world. That's what keeps me going. Wow. Now, I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm going to have to take that, put that on the shirt, represent that. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Don't always sit up in there with this barbershop conversation, running your mouth. Get up. Get out there, man, and do something. It don't matter if the rest of the hood ragged. You've got responsibility to have your yard looking nice and sharp, all the trash picked up. You clean up your leaves. And if I got to see every house after yours, tore up, burnt up, raggedy, ain't no windows in there. The kids ain't got on no diapers. Hey, man, I know one thing on this block. Somebody got some sense. And all I'm saying is if you can't do nothing else, baby, it don't matter if you can't say the word. It don't matter if you got a bunch of money. It don't matter about the material stuff. The least, at the least you could do, is make sure that you are prepared to do that in your own household.
be the change that you want to see. The generational curses, all the things that we go through in the household. You tired of uh, going through uh, abuse? You tired of verbal abuse? You was getting, uh, I had a man putting his foot up your butt every Thursday. Well, guess what? You can change that. You can make sure that don't happen to yours. And that curse and that type of stuff, it won't go on to the next generation. Ten years from now, they'll be living in a whole different space because you stood up and you made a change. So I love that message. We're going to keep this thing going. Every second with Corinne Williams again, I, I love that. I thank you so much. So now we're going to get a little bit deeper into your nonprofit work. So, Ted, I know that she sent you some stuff. Uh, do you mind sharing it? Share something about this nonprofit, what it's about, what are your goals, the things that you are affecting with this nonprofit, um, I think we talked briefly. I'm not sure if it was you that I spoke with, but uh, uh, I think that you said that you work with a, a numerous of communities. Am I correct about that? I work with the foster care population. Um, that's typically what I work with. And the foster care population is comprised of our population, just in general. Anybody um, can be interfaced with abuse and neglect. Um, anybody could need community resources in order to keep their family intact. So although it is predominantly the child welfare system, um, what I realize is that many families interface with multiple systems, not just the child welfare system. Um, and so sometimes we're working with the juvenile justice system. We're working, you know, with um, the jail system. Um, so we're working with many systems, but it's all to support young people that um, are in the foster care system. Okay. So uh, have you had any experience in the foster care system yourself? Yes, I was in the foster care system for 10 years and I transitioned out of the foster care system um, when I was 18 years old. So I was in the system from 8 to 18 because of abuse. And that's why I started Change One so that I can give back, so that I can help um, other young women and young men um, feel like they have a voice in their life and that they have support ultimately. Because if you don't go back to your family or you don't get adopted, what happens is you transition out into homelessness um, or incarceration, you fall into these other statistics without a caring adult. So that's why Change One exists, so that we can be that support system, that mentorship, so that young people can have a, a chance in life. Wow. Wow. I just recently, this past week, did a child abuse awareness uh, week. And um, I think, um, I, think I, met, I met so many different people. I don't think I met so many different people. And it was so amazing. I actually did a news clip and um, about child abuse awareness. Uh, I too was adopted by my grandparents. Luckily, I was able to be adopted inside the family. Um, but I didn't never really feel or really have a feeling about the adoption. It never dawned on me it was an adoption because I already had spent most of my life with my grandparents anyway. Uh, but once I got older, I realized, wow, you know, this is this is a conversation that is this been uh, I'm being I'm listening to around me, and I have I, I I actually have a voice. I actually have history on this, and I might can help somebody if I was to ever speak up. And of course, before now, I didn't have the uh, energy or the thought or the or the will or the want to speak up about my life, my hurts, my pains, things that I have been through. Uh, or, or my trauma or the abuse from sexual abuse to physical abuse. I never thought one day that I would be able to be able to speak about it. I didn't care. Um, sadly, I have a, a situation with me where I get over things fast. 
And as a man, uh, I'm not the only man that don't talk about their feelings. I mean, it's, that's, that's everybody know that now. So, I mean, I just never dawned on me that it was doing so much to me. It was so much in me and so many reasons why I was not able to control my anger. And so uh, looking at this, uh, I thank you for coming out and stepping into this space. And, and my, or uh, should I say, God has put you in this space. Um, we talked earlier, and, and, and uh, from what I'm aware of, this this is not something that you planned. You didn't have this wrote down in the notebook under your pillow. So <laughs> tell, me, how did you, tell me how did you land here, where you from, uh, and how did you get to Austin? Because I know that you also are part of the trans and population that has been in Austin. So tell me that experience also. Yeah, so, you know, after I transitioned out of the foster care system, and like I said, I want to be the change that I want to see in the community. So I went to school to become a social worker, and I started out, you know, working with young people in transitional housing, um, because once I transitioned out of foster care, I was homeless. And so I felt like, you know, if I work in transitional housing, I'm going to come across other young people that are transitioning out, and I can support and help them. Well, during that time... What ended up happening, I met someone that was like, hey, you should be a part of this group. And it was called Disproportionality and Disparities Advisory Group. And they were like, you should talk about your experience as a person of color in foster care so that we can change legislation so that we could change the outcomes for other children of color in foster care. And I was like, OK, that's cool. That sounds I could do that. I could talk about my experience because, you know, being in foster care, I was in homes with places with people that did not look like me. And I did experience a lot as a child of color in foster care. So I felt like, okay, somebody wants to hear my voice and it can actually impact legislation. So while I was there, this lady told me about a position I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and she was like, hey, there's a position in Austin that you should apply for where you could continue to use your voice. And I was like, move to Austin. <laughs> I was like, I didn't move all of my life. You know, and I didn't have a choice, you know, and I was like, as an adult, at least I have a choice. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to apply for the position, but thank you anyway. So every time I would go to the meeting and the lady would tell me about this position, she was like, it's up, you know, you should apply or they're doing interviews. You know, she just kept, you know, telling me and I kept saying, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But I ended up applying. I ended up getting the interview and I ended up telling God, I don't care. Even if I got the job, I'm not moving. <laughs> And it's funny how you tell God what you're not going to do because yeah, God is yeah. going to, he's going to switch the script on you for real. Yeah, and yeah. so um, at the time, um, how I was stepping out on faith, I, I encourage anybody to step out on faith because I will tell you ever since I did, I haven't turned back. And when I stepped out on faith and I decided to go on and come to Austin, um, I took myself off of Section 8. And that was hard, you know, to to believe that God got me and the door that he's mm. opening for me is going to work itself out. What? So said, Get out there, boss move. Yes. Thank you. Um, but at the time, I had a little old neon that wanted to break down on me. And the transmission went out when I'm supposed to be moving to Austin. And I was like, I'll be dang. And then I was like, OK, well, when I get my income tax, 
I'm going to pay for this transmission overhaul and it'll be fine. I'm going to go on and move to, to Austin. Well, when it was time for me to move to Austin, I didn't have a car. So I had to try to figure out how I was going to get to Austin without a car. So my grandmother helped me pack all that I can in her little car. And then we, we came on to Austin. And at the time, I knew somebody that had just sold their, um, not just sold, they just bought a house. So they had a vacant apartment. And they were like, you can stay here as long as you need. So I was like, okay. God was like, all you have to do is listen. And I got you. So I got a ride. And then I had a place to stay. <laughs> but the funniest thing is, I said I would never work for CPS because of what I went through. But like I said you can't tell god what you're not gonna do yeah. and what i can say is because of the fact that i was obedient and i did listen to god yeah. that was in 2010 and yeah. i have not i have not went back on child welfare and i never thought that i could do it but i'm, I'm a testimony that like once you go out there and you step out on faith and you really do what you need to do be that boss that you need to be then you don't um, ever feel like you have to use the system again but use um, it when you need it and then move on um, and um, so <laughs> um, i gotta do that one more time for that one uh, 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 yeah you need it and then move on <laughs> yeah man that's yeah. what's up like that's amazing that is very inspirational to hit a transition that you get in there. Me being a fourth generation also night, we still have this small quarrel with black and, and other people that has been in Austin trying to get those positions, trying to get these jobs, trying to work in, and they seeing how so how, how Austin is catering to the trends and then they're getting the places and it's just a bunch of bigger and then it's bringing so much strife between each other. And I'm here in the middle trying to say, hey, let's talk, let's communicate, let's listen, because this story right here is nothing to be nothing but inspired about this is this is how you get and create change i'm a single i've been a single father since i was 16 going to 17 years old my son's mother gave me him when i when he was three months and i never seen him he 20 years old 20 about to be 21 20 years 20 years i had to learn how to do everything that a teenage black mother would have to learn how to do not a grown man okay Far from a grown man, doing grown man stuff, but way far from a grown man. And the system wasn't set up to cater to people like me. And so I had a a, a, a life changing experience because I have a lifetime responsibility. So it made me totally different than my peers, totally different than the guys that I knew of. I was different than my father. He was the old school 1970 daddy, the one go to the store and don't never come back. See, the new wave daddy, y'all run half them niggas out. But the ones in the 70s, they really were deadbeat. Them up, they don't know they ain't got no address. Child poor can't find them. Don't nobody know it. They went to the store for real, for real and vanished. Could have been on TV where they left. But uh, I had to, I got a different experience. I got a different taste of life. And it made me very, very open-minded and way more understanding to what people go through and the levels that they have on them. So anyway, every second with Corinne Williams, that is very inspiring. I'm glad I heard that. I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad we able to record that. We do buy the block back here. We do like to teach real estate. Um, we do like to get into those things. Shout out UPC and our sponsorship. So it sounds like you had to make some time to heal. What were some of the techniques you used to make some time to heal? What I can most definitely say in my healing process, I had to um, go to therapy. 
Um, I know sometimes in the black community, uh, we're like therapy. I don't want nobody in my business. And I'm telling you, like therapy is is where it's at. Um, and somebody that's come from the foster care system and I've been told what to do, when to do it and how to do it and didn't get to pick my therapist and always had to talk to somebody like therapy was the last thing I wanted to do as an adult. But I knew that it was critical for my mental health and my healing process. So I would say therapy. I would even say medication. Sometimes medication is something that's really needed. Um for you to get through depression, for you to get through anxiety, you know. So for me being in foster care again, psychotropic medications was pushed down my throat constantly. So as an adult, I was like, I don't want like psychotropic medication. Um, and, and something as adults we need to know, sometimes we don't want certain things that we need in order to be at peace and harmony with ourselves. So I would yeah. most definitely say therapy, medication, the Lord, <laughs> like the yeah. closer that I get to the Lord, the more that yeah. I'm in community with other people. Um, yeah. When I have times where I feel down, I have people telling me, you know, this scripture, that scripture. I have people praying with me. So I will most definitely say that was a part of my healing process. Yeah. And most recently, another part of my healing process is um, being the change I want to see. So I'm going through a yoga certification right now. And it's, That's it's, That's it's yeah, I'm going through a yoga certification. And so that yoga certification is to help young people with their social emotional learning and teaching them yoga but i'm helping myself it all at the same time you know i'm learning about how to take deep breaths and meditation and i'm learning these things and it's helping me heal and so i'm i'm excited to use what i've learned in my healing process learning about chakras and, and energy and in yeah. in pouring that back into my community so i actually had a yoga studio in austin uh, wind up having to let it go, bad partners, some stuff like that happened. And it was really dope. So I like to reach back out to you and work with you on some stuff like that. Pretty much, I want to work with you, period. I want to make sure that you know now, you got you got me on camera, everybody record me, everybody know me in Austin. You might just met me, but I'm the shit knit in Austin. I'm legendary in the city. I got a beautiful resume. I can go back to all my neighborhoods. Ain't nobody humped, humped on me. Ain't nobody slapped me back my head, took my money. I ain't never did nothing. I, ain't, I, I, I got all my stripes. I got all my teeth before I left out the game. Everything. My, my, my hands don't shake. My bones ain't raggy. My skin ain't raggy. You'll see me. Don't worry about it. But anyway, I'm going to know that I want to support everything you do. I invite you to everything that I'm doing. All my events, I love to share this space with you. And of course, we're gonna make sure that I have you coming back around. Do you have any black authors or anybody that you've been uh checking out lately? Uh today is World Book Day. Uh-huh. And uh I'm an author, and so uh uh let me know if you got somebody you interested in, any black authors that you uh, know of right now lately. Yes, yes, yes. Um it look a little bit raggedy, so y'all don't talk about me, but uh this the cover. <laughs> This is the color. It's a Tyler, Tyler Perry. Um, oh. Higher is waiting. Let me tell you, this right here, it is so inspirational to my soul. Mm. It gives me hope. It gives me 
a strategic direction on how I can most definitely reflect on my life and change my life and take ownership of my life, not having that mentality of poor me, but having a mentality that I can do anything I put my mind to. And um, Tyler Perry's story is very inspirational and it has a lot of uh, scriptures in here. It has a lot of um, questions. One In one part of the book, he talks about writing a letter to your younger self and what would you tell your younger self? And I was like, man, I would tell my younger self that you're going to make it. It's going to be all right. There's light I mean, at the end of the tunnel. I can, I can remember and being in a state of mind where a lot of stuff that we can, we're talking about right now would seem so fucking lame, you know, um, and I'm serious. I don't know what it was. It's just a pivot. It just went by. It just went by my head real quick. It was like, man, I remember at one point I'd be sitting up here smoking, watching somebody saying some shit like this, and be like, man, you people lost y'all down. Fine. And but now that I'm understanding that this is not just about me, look how much I affect others with my with 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 all this, you know, toxicness. You know what I'm saying? And then when you start working on yourself, you start you start seeing how much you draw in those same type of people, at least working on itself. At least working on itself. I ain't gonna say nigga drawing because I still drawing a, a bunch of phrases. I'm talking about man, they bust too. Cause it ain't a lot of me no more. So my inbox, they getting busted on. Boom. What you doing? Is you singing? What's up? You know what I'm saying? And I'll be like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What's your name? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I ain't tripping. I ain't scared of nothing, though. I'm going to see if it's crazy. I got to test the water. No, but uh, on the real side, uh, once you start working on yourself, you do start drawing in that energy. And if you're smart enough or wise enough, uh, you might want to just start getting in spaces. If you're not attracting and you're attracting crazy, getting in spaces, putting yourself around them places man i got out of prison tantrum and i was one of the people i was the paul my brother is the peter and i'm the paul my pastor is what he's telling me but man you peter and, and y'all paul and y'all gonna go out and y'all gonna do y'all thing y'all gonna change the world and uh uh and i say okay and i start thinking about why he was saying i was so similar to paul i remember i remember when i got out of prison man i literally i i, I would not step a foot in, in a church I wouldn't step a foot in the church. It wasn't that I didn't believe in God or nothing like that. It just, I was done. I was so done with the Negro spiritual. Man, you wasn't going to be able to sing no song around me. Nothing. My ain't them thought I was a Muslim or something. They thought I was ready to blow up something. And I was like, calm down, y'all. Now, chill. Hell, leave me alone. I just don't want to go. But it was more than that. I was crucifying the word of God and people who were carrying the word of God. I had lost respect for a lot of different things out of my pain and my trauma. And I could see myself in the biblical days being that Paul killing people for saying the name of Jesus. And so uh, I understand now. I understand that now. And um, I'm glad that I got you on here because like I said, these conversations open our mind to so much about ourselves. You'll just be surprised if you're just willing to uh, That'll be different and just have one. Thank you so much, Courtney, though. I really appreciate you. So lovely and you're so Thank special. You, I'm, I'm grateful to have met you and uh, I will look forward to working with you more and more and more. So, uh, Miss Arnita, uh, uh, now I got you. I'm, I don't know what Ted then dropped up on me, but we're going to have to play this because he just dropped it on me. <laughs>
But that's what that's where the extra come from. And I love it. Extraordinary. Extra, extra, extra. So again, uh Miss Hicks, you here. Thank you so much. You represent black excellence. Again, you got the spoken words we just seen right there. You do a lot of other things. You're in the class. You invited me into the class. Next week, I'm also supposed to be coming to the class to actually read to the kids um all the amazing things that you do. Do you have any other events coming up anytime soon? I'm supposed to be doing a poem for um what is it celebrate Colleen. Supposed mm. to be. So I'm okay. writing that now. Um and they're gonna have that be on Friday, I believe. Okay, okay. All right. Next week. Mm-hmm. We'll keep me updated. We'll make sure we get it on the show. We get people involved. I'd love to be there. Um, I'll check my schedule and make sure that I'm available. And if I am, I'm there in the front seat uh, to check you out. Now, uh, again, I just asked uh, Courtney what was her positive word, and, and I couldn't. I, I I just it went straight down to down here from there. We went straight through the through the whole mud right there. So. What is your positive saying? Same thing. I ask the same question. What are you living by? What's your rules? You know, mine is God first, family second, money third. Simple, easy, plain. Just take just like that. So, what is yours? What's keeping you through these hard times? Oh, I got a lot. I got a whole bunch. A whole bunch. I say to myself every day, especially when mm-hmm. I wake up. When I wake up, I tell myself that I'm more than an overcomer. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Um, I also tell myself that my that the Lord orders my footsteps and that his thoughts towards me are good, not of evil to give me a good future. That's Jeremiah 29 and 11. And Jeremiah 1, where it talks about, I say this to myself, that before I was born, before I was even a twinkling in my mother's eye, that the Lord knew me and he ordained me to be a woman of God. He ordained me to be a prophet. He ordained me to be a spoken word artist. He ordained me to be a queen. He ordained me to be a businesswoman. He ordained me to work in excellence. So Courtney, I want to say, you know, I also like Gandhi as well. That's be the change you want to see in the environment. Be that change. And that was Gandhi. So I, I I am the change. I am who he says I am. And I make sure I manifest and walk it daily. Um, so yeah. I have I just say that every day when I wake up. I like that. I like that. And I know you got plenty more where that comes from. 
Um, I know you're very wise beyond years, and you're very smart in everything that you're doing. Uh, you're already teaching me a lot. You're already, like I say, bringing the best out of me. So uh, is there any Black authors that you are, um, are aware of that you like, that you like to highlight and shout out today? Oh, that's good. That's a great question. I'm glad you asked. No. I wish I did because I read so many books. Me, like, say me, just oh, say my name. Hey, you told me ahead of time. I would have pulled some now, but hey, I mean, say me then. Don't just say nobody. Say, say Clarine Williams. Just say Clarine Williams. Shout out, Clarine. Say me or something. Dang. My bad, you. All right, bad. That's what I'm talking about. How about this? Because I write poetry and I read when I write. You hear me? That's what I'm talking about. No, don't love this. Don't just say nobody. Somebody got to get somebody. Some love. We somebody got to get some love. And speaking of me, let me just oh. show y'all right now what it is. Oh yeah, Oscar I can't wait for that. Wants to fly. This I got my children's book right here. Oscar the Ostrich is gonna be the next clip of the Big Red Dog. He gonna do so much stuff right now. He just learned how to fly right now. But he gonna learn how to work a cell phone. He gonna learn how to. He gonna graduate. He gonna get a CDL license. He gonna do all kind of stuff. Oscar gonna do the food. By the time we catch back up with Oscar, man, he have little Oscars. That's how how long I want Oscar be rolling doing his thing. But I need support. So you know, one thing about black authors, the reason why I give them a segment because they don't get the support. We don't we don't get the support that a lot of authors get that are non black when they are doing the same thing that we're doing, not from Barnes Nobles, you know, none of that, we're not promoted. So every second with Clarine Williams, we like to keep things going. Um, um, I appreciate you so much for being here again. Like I say, you're wise by, uh, beyond your years. Is there um, uh, making time to heal for you? What does making time to heal for you look like? Making time to heal for me is reading the word of God, meditating learning how to meditate, learning how to face your trauma, trace it, how how did it start? Where did it enter in? Uproot it and then replace it, replace it with positive thoughts, with positive memories. Um, learning how to heal is also counseling. I've been through so much, I should write a book. I really should write a book, all the stuff that I've been through as a black woman, as a single mother, raising two daughters and a son, you know, especially in America. Um, being positive, even when it comes, because uh, how can I say this in a polite way? Um, I would, I'm an ex-wife, not a baby mama. I'm an ex-wife. But a lot of times men will say, oh, that's just my baby mama and not an ex-wife when there is an ex-wife and then not be negative when raising your kids when you have issues with the ex-husband or the father of your children. Being positive, teaching your kids how to love their father when their father don't show up when their father is not there, when their father is going through the, his own mental things, uh, whether it be because he's a black man, because he's in the military, when he get out the military or whatever he might do, you know, showing your kids how to love their father regardless and speak a life over their father and pray for their father, you know, and I did that with my kids. Like I put my feelings aside of whatever issue me and him had and yet show them this is how, you know, I'm looking at the bigger picture. 
I'm looking at the bigger picture and showing them how to look at the bigger picture. And so that's a part of healing too. And then teaching other people like myself, how to heal, how to, you know, face it. What is the trauma? Take ownership of what you have done or what you have allowed. And even if something happened to you as a child, you know, like I, I, could, I say it proudly, proudly as in I'm not ashamed that I was molested, but yet I don't say, hey, because I was molested, this is what happened and this is how I act. No, no, I was molested and yet I healed because I went to counseling and allowed the counselor to show me who I was as a child. What happened to me as a child wasn't my fault and I don't have to blame myself, you know, and then going from there and then showing my daughters what worth is, what it looks like to know your worth and how, how you're supposed to love yourself and even yeah. my son. And then teaching other kids the same thing. Yeah. Love yourself. Know your worth. From middle school to yeah. elementary to high school. And even grown women talking to the child in them that was hurt. Talking to people and, and showing them, you know, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay for you to heal. It's okay to go to a counselor. It's yeah. okay if you gotta get on medicine. It's I okay taking you. Go ahead. Things I just got. I just heard from you right now. Uh, that I just heard while you, while you talking. Two things. One of them, you started in your own household. I've never, ever in my life, thirty-seven years alive, heard a woman speak that way. Thirty-seven years. Never. I got some wise women around me, but I've never. I've seen them do what you said but i ain't never heard them say what you said second thing is you evolved that went from your household right into the world and did the same damn thing then you didn't stop there now nah, that wasn't enough you went and started pulling over these women where i rarely see now women pull other women coattail and you identify with them too that is amazing and i didn't want to cut you off but that's what i just heard um from what you just said yeah and, and that is amazing because Again, i already told them how special you is and i ain't gonna and i ain't gonna give you everybody i ain't gonna give you to everybody so i'm i'm bringing you on here but we're going to keep segments together. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to let you give it all away. Oh, hell no. Not until I get a page button on there or something to say jingling every time you say something. Then I put it on there. Because I ain't going to let you give it all away. No, no, no. I got to get something to do, man. I'm greedy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a hog. I'm from the east side also. That's my nature. That's just how I am. I you got to share her. You got to share yeah. her now. I am sharing her I'm like this. I went I'm through my stuff. Where the guy say, freely you give, freely you receive. So some of the stuff I went through, it was free. Yes, yeah, some things cost me. But yeah. some things was free. And yeah. and a lot of times when it comes, especially when it comes to the church um, and church folks and ministers, um, they fail to realize that First, you have to start in your own house. You have to heal with yourself. If you're broken, you can't go out and fix nobody when you're broken and you're hurting. 
you know so first you have to heal yourself and you start with your own house i didn't uh sugarcoat anything with my kids my kids knew and and was aware of me uh being molested they knew and they and i talked to them when they was of age i didn't talk to them when they were little bitty kids when they were little bitty kids i was i i was more like make sure don't nobody touch you here make sure you don't do this if somebody touch you here i don't care what they tell you you come and you tell me and mama gonna protect you so yeah i never um i waited till they were of age before i shared and when i did share i just i started with them i started with myself and then i started with them and then like you said you have people just come to you i have all kind of people come to me i could be in a grocery store and they come to me and tell me their whole life and i'll sit there and listen i'll pray with them i'll talk to them they could be if they is crazy and out there i wish i could take your brain right now stuff it and make it Megan, uh, uh, Megan Stallion head, boom, stuck in the Cardi B head, stuck, just sticking it all they head. Come here, girl. We about to do the upgrade transplant. We get new brains for y'all. What the asses and the titties, brains. The service I she provided was the best I've ever received. I love that we can stay in the- Every second with Corinne Williams, and you see Ted, he playing some stuff right there. That's some news clipping, man. Last week, we talked about Patrick, uh, I think it's Patrick Loya. Uh, it's his last name. He was uh, executed by, uh, I think that was Minnesota police. So they the fatal shot fired. Local town investigator Jeff Weinzer is in the newsroom with what the video shows. Jeff. From the get-go, the family of Antoine Cooper has said the shooting was unjustified. They even called it murder. In the video, we never see Cooper actually reaching for a gun. The family claims it is a Miami police sergeant that actually fired that fatal shot. March 8th, a traffic stop northwest 71st Street and 10th Avenue it is near Miami Northwestern. Don't roll the windows for me. The driver, 34-year-old Antoine Cooper, says he left his insurance information at home, but he does have his registration. That's fine. I just need the license. I'll look up the insurance. I ain't got no license. Any uh, weapons in the vehicle I need to know about? Just go ahead and stop out the vehicle. You're good. You're good. When the officer tries to Cooper, he tries to flee. Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. We went from by frame taking a look at this video and we never saw Cooper reach for a gun or have a gun in his hand. Along with the video provided to local 10, we did get this picture from of a gun found at the scene, but they haven't said where this gun was found. He took my son's life. He's a murderer. He shot him in the head in close range with another officer right there. <laughs> Mr. Cooper was not holding a weapon. Mr. Cooper was not attacking an officer. And that sergeant used lethal force. On the day of the shooting, Miami's police chief said this. The officers became aware that one of the individuals in the vehicle was armed. A struggle ensued. One of the officers discharged his firearm. 
That sergeant is on leave pending the outcome of the investigation, and that investigation is being conducted by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. We've slow-moed the video provided to us by the Miami Police Department. If you'd like to see it in its entirety, head over to local 10. Another traffic stop. I thought it was going to stop with Sandra Bland. It didn't. I thought it was going to stop, but it didn't. I thought the riots destroying the cities all over the world. I thought it would stop. And it didn't. We defunded police departments all over the motherfucking world. And I thought it was going to stop a little bit. And it didn't. Time and time again, traffic stops. It's I don't, I don't know how to relate that type of message or the type of message that the viewers may need to hear, but it's hard for me to wrap my mind around how you die from a traffic stop. Two incidents back to back. This happened a little bit before Mr. Patrick, um, but they both were executed, shot in the head. Uh, these videos that I showed you guys for the last couple of weeks, I'm talking about 30 seconds. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, it's like there's no thought process in these officers when they grab their guns. It's like, it's like they train and they're prepared for the time when they get the opportunity to shoot a black person in the head. Women, I don't want y'all to think that you exempt. Please don't, baby. Please don't go down there and think. Because a lot of women do. They got this airhead syndrome. They don't care who in front of them in the lines. They don't give a damn. When they get in their stuff in their grocery store, they don't care who's standing next to them, basket all in front of them. They bend over ass all in front of your face. Hey, they don't care. They're going to get their groceries. They're going to do what they want to. They don't think nobody's about to harm them. Women don't wake up every day and say, somebody going to kill me. Men usually do. Black men, we usually wake up knowing that somebody may try and kill us. That is a hard place to live in, a very hard place. Countless times I see this, and it's very disturbing. It hurts me so bad. It hurts me so bad. I'm just looking at his mother. I could just imagine standing there right there with him, with no real man representation, you know, and they're about to exploit her child, her family, they won't get a dollar off of this story will be all over the world. Every news station, every anchor, every anchor man won't get buku money. <laughs> just reporting and being able to get inside story about what just happened. And um, she won't receive none of that support. This got to stop. Of course, I love to say we got to stop killing each other. So they'll stop. But they won't. We got to have some real laws. We've been able to put laws in for Asians. We've been able to put laws in for the LGBT community. We need some laws for black people, period. Gay, straight, whether y'all realize this, black people come in all shades. We can be white as snow or black as an ace of spades, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So quit it. 
just stopping with the mess, man. We come in all different shades, okay? But they still are people. Mm-hmm. And this got to stop. If you'd like to get involved, if you want to support me and some of the efforts that I'm doing to help stop some of these things like police brutality, systematic racism, etc., I can go down the list. You know how to reach me. You know how to get involved and you know what to do. For my guests, I love y'all so much. I appreciate y'all coming here today. I did have another video, um, but we're about to get ready to run out of time. And um, I, I love to invite you, invite you both back on here another time with y'all available. Um, uh, Courtney, we're going to be working together, okay? I'm going to be calling you right now. Um, um, I'm trying to figure out all the things um, that we, we got in common because it's so much, but we're going to work together. I'm going to support you. I'm going to bag you up, whatever you need. You in my city, um, and um, and I, I'm down with you, okay? I'm down with what you stand for. We're going to make sure that we get support in that nonprofit. There are plenty of funds floating around Austin with the rest of their racist asses. And all the gatekeepers, I hope y'all watching this motherfucker on the sneak. Fuck you too. Get out the way. We need our turn, man. We need some like-minded people that's willing to sacrifice for our people in them same seats. I hate to say it. We need them in them same seats because we are praying. Because we voted, we're going to vote you in. If you're black, pretty much we're going to vote you in. I ain't going to lie to you. We're going to vote you in. But we praying we get the right one. To go in there and do something for us, please. Go in there and at least be willing to speak on our behalf when it's quiet, when nobody around, the cameras ain't up. Because that's when the real deals get made. Deals don't get made in front of all you folks. Wars don't get started and everybody know about This stuff done in the background with the real ones. So we want that. We hope that we can find that. So, Courtney, thank you. Ms. Hicks, thank you so much. I'm going to get ready to do my closing and let the world know I got a bunch of information from these women today, and I'm going to figure out what did I learn from them, because I ain't even have nothing. I ain't got to have nothing. It's my damn show. I say what I want to say. Do what I want to do. If you don't like it, you can get over here, but I ain't going to be like that. I'm going to tell you what I learned, and I'm going to keep it straight as a perm. So, uh, what I learned was that no matter what, the responsibility of one's growth will start with ourselves. Seeing people work on themselves and then start using the work that they did on themselves to work for others is beautiful. Baby, little mama, queen, beautiful woman, come here. I want you. Let me tell you the truth. You ain't got to come to my table with nothing. You ain't got to come to the table with nothing. You know why? Because you useful. See, if you useful, you ain't got to have it all. You ain't got to have it figured out or nothing. We can do this together. But I need you to be useful. Because I'm a roguish man. I'm a, I'm a real caveman. I ain't never needed no table to eat. Do you hear me? You can come to my table with nothing if you want to, just be useful. And watching people work on they self, watching them change they self and they household and the ones they are responsible, that is the most responsible thing a person can do. Can't tell you to do nothing else. 
But I can tell you one thing. I'll see y'all next Thursday at 5.30. I want you to stay dangerous. I want you to stay woke. Oh, there you go right there. Stay woke and be the light of the world. I love y'all, man. I'll see y'all next week. Keep your head up. I die. To the top, I'm a rise with me.